Life Audio. How will you set your child up to become a lifelong learner? Look no further than Scribblers at Home, recipes from lifelong learners. This all-new resource from Classical Conversations is designed to help families of children ages 4 to 8 build strong learning habits early on. Through easy-to-follow activities, Scribblers at Home will help you create a family environment where you and your child love to play, create, and learn together. To explore this new resource, visit scribblersathome.com slash compared to who. Hey, friend. Heather Creekmore here. Glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show today. Today, I'm going to just let it all out. I had a really rough week around my body image. Yeah, I know. I'm the one doing a podcast on body image. I write books on body image. I'm not supposed to still be struggling, am I? And that's really part of my struggle, (laughs) too, quite honestly. I don't want to be a hypocrite. But the truth is, we all struggle. And I feel like to hide the reality that I struggle too from you all might actually cause more shame and confusion when you find yourself struggling. So that's where we're going today. Oh, it's a lot. I had a rough week. And I hope you, well, I don't hope you can relate, (laughs) but I'm afraid probably you will be able to relate to some of what I went through. And I don't want to leave you there. I'm going to leave you with four suggestions, four things that I did to kind of help me get through the rough patch. And I'm going to share those with you, four things you can do when you have a big body image flare up. So that's where we're going today. I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'm still offering. There's still a couple spots left for $99 coaching sessions this summer. If you're interested in that, you can go to improvebodyimage.com or you can go to compare2.me and you can learn more about how to grab one of those $99 coaching sessions. Also, have you subscribed to the show? I don't ask you to do that very much. That feels weird to me. But occurred to me, I was given the advice recently that I need to ask you to subscribe. So would you consider subscribing to the show? I do two episodes a week, Tuesday and Friday. And I would just love to make sure that you hear about them all that you don't miss a thing. So subscribe to the show. And hey, if this show's blessing you leave a review that would certainly bless me. Okay, let's get on to today's show. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel His love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of Scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Okay, friends. So today we are talking about what to do when your body image issues flare up. Now, let me be super clear about something before I tell you all my blah. I define body image freedom 
as the ability to live most of the time, and most is relative, right? But the ability to live most of the time without obsessing over my body size and my body shape. And coming from where I came from, and I know where a lot of you maybe are or coming from too, I used to obsess about my body and food all the time. I mean, I think there's a litmus test where it's like if you obsess or think about it more than an hour a day that you qualifies as something clinical. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but I know when I read that statistic, I was like, oh, only an hour, only two hours. Like I probably obsess four or five hours a day cumulatively. You know, I'm thinking about this 10 minutes out of every hour I'm awake. And it was a constant weight that I carried, a constant riddling in my brain about all this. And so when I talk about being free and helping you find freedom, what I mean is being free most of the time. Being free, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I'm going to call it like nine days out of 10, like a 90% freedom or a 95% freedom. But friend, this is an issue. If you have these issues, this is an issue where the enemy knows he can attack. The enemy knows this is an area you can be tempted in. I think the enemy goes into my Instagram feed and makes sure that I only see before and after pictures (laughs) or changes the commercials on my TV so I only see weight loss ads. I don't know. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I don't actually think that happens, but that's how it feels sometimes. It feels like those days when I'm kind of borderline struggling, like all the media I consume just emphasizes the struggle and it just makes me want to spiral. And what I do in coaching with you is I help you create resources so that you don't have a full spiral. So you don't go all the way down the funnel, right? So maybe you take a couple like loops around the top of the funnel, but so that you don't fall in. That's what I mean when I talk about body image freedom. And so when I tell you today about the ways I struggled, I don't want you to think, oh, she's not free because I am. I'm just tempted like we all are. Like it says, even Jesus was tempted. It says, the scripture says that there's no way that he was tempted that is uncommon to man. So somehow, some way, Jesus even knows what it feels like to be tempted in this arena. I don't know how that works. I don't know if Jesus looked in the mirror and was like, man, I'm not really that good looking, or I should lose a couple pounds or gain a couple pounds back then. I don't know what that really means. But that's encouraging to me that he understands the way I'm tempted. And I'm not supposed to be perfect yet. In fact, I'll never be perfect here on earth. It won't be until I get to heaven that I'll experience perfection. But for right now, it's okay to struggle sometimes. And it's important to have the resources for what to do when we struggle. So let me tell you about my vacation. Okay, so we go to Florida, where my family is now full time. Oh boy. And I feel like every time I go to Florida, obviously it's a beach town, obviously wearing beach kind of clothes, swimsuits, that kind of thing. I feel like there's a little bit of just a natural flair that comes with, you know, a vacation that's centered around swimming attire. (laughs) Um, But Beyond that, I think I have this added layer of complexity when it comes to being around my family. And some of you can know, you relate, you know what this means, right? You're like, yes, you're preaching my language. Uh, when you're around family where diet has been 
really a big topic of conversation for decades among even family members that aren't alive anymore, but it, it, it's so penetrates the culture of our family that it feels like I'm walking right back into it. Even though that's not super active right now, it just, it just all comes back regardless. And what I'm also watching at the same time as I'm feeling the pressure, you know, and whether or not it was real or imagined, that's just a whole different thing. But I'm watching my daughter wear my clothes that used to fit me even like seven, eight years ago. And, and there's this dissonance in my brain because honestly, I don't feel like I'm that much bigger, but yet I know there's no way those clothes would fit me anymore. And I look at my daughter and I think there is a super thin person, like she's a little girl and she's wearing those clothes that I wore just seven years ago. And how can that be? And I know those clothes don't fit me anymore. So that means I must be bigger. I must be a lot bigger. And I'm really just having a lot of like body dysmorphia just this confusion over like, who am I? What size am I? Like, what does my body really look like? Why don't I see my body accurately when I look in the mirror? Like, what is going on here? And then to make it all worse. Okay, so I needed my bathing suit was wet. And I wanted to go back out to the pool. And, and I made the comment, I was like, oh, my bathing suit's wet, but I want to go back out. I don't really want to put a wet bathing suit on again. Ugh. And my mom is like, oh, I have some bathing suits. I have some old bathing suits. Now, understand, my mom was a chronic dieter. And so I watched my whole life as she was always trying to get smaller. And so I know intellectually the size of these bathing suits are a bigger size, the size she was always trying to get away from, the size she never wanted to wore, wear. <laughs> so the bathing suits she's bringing out for me to try are in all these sizes that, according to my family, are bad sizes to wear, shameful sizes to wear. And I'm trying them on thinking, these fit me now. What do I do with that? And oh, the dissonance, friends, the dissonance was real and it was painful. It was this acknowledgement of I'm not young anymore and I'm not in like the same class of like body size or type as my teenage daughter. And somehow now I'm in the same class and type as my mom, which was the class and type that I always learned I should never want to be part of. And that was the message that was loud and clear. Please never have problems like I do. Please, you know, get your act together with food. So you don't have the issues I do. And so I got my act together with food, although I really didn't. <laughs> I developed an eating disorder. So I didn't have the quote unquote same problems that she did for a season. But the pain was real. And I'm going to tell you more about what else happened and how I dealt with it right after this quick commercial break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. 
Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So in addition to my swimsuit drama... All think just think about like all the different things that trigger you around body size and, and maybe trigger your body image issues. Like they all happened to me at once when I was in Florida. Okay. So there's like the family trauma, reliving some traumatic experiences, and we know that like most of our body image issues, I, I think I probably say all, right, connect to something else in our life, some other kind of pain in our life. And so when I was there, I was feeling that pain again. And I think instead of feeling the pain as the pain of the childhood, like issues, the drama, the trauma, I was feeling that pain as a body image and size issues. So that's a real thing. Um, but we also did family photos. Yikes. Oh, goodness. And lots of shopping. So trying on clothes, picking out size things. Oh, my goodness. So all the things all at once. There's also this mirror. And I think I've talked about this on the show before. There's this mirror in the bedroom that I stay in um, when, when, we, when we go stay with my family. And I swear it's a magnifying mirror. But it's the strangest thing because I just, I'm thinking back now and I remember just always thinking I looked bigger in this mirror. Like even trying to do like little tests, like putting something in front of the mirror and like looking at the object and looking at it in the mirror to try to figure out like, okay, how much bigger is it actually in the mirror? Like these are the strange things I do. I don't know if you do them as well, <laughs> but now you've seen inside uh, my crazy head. But all of these triggers were real and it hurt. And I found myself in a place I haven't been for a really long time. I found myself in a place where I was obsessing. Like I was, I wasn't thinking about food. So I really feel like that was a bit of a, a, a victory in all this. But oh, when it came to thinking about my body, I just could not stop thinking about how big I was, how undesirable I was, how yicky I felt, how I just felt giant. I, I just, I felt heavier. I just, and it was mostly emotional, right? Like it's not like I really grew <laughs> while I was there, but the weight of it all was very real. And maybe, maybe you know what I mean. Maybe you understand that. Maybe you've had that. Maybe you're in that right now, but the weight of it is real. And so what did I do? Well, I'm going to give you the four things that I did. Um, I could call them a cure. <laughs> I don't know. That might be too uh, generous. But there were four things I did that helped me. And I can honestly say like a week later now after this whole thing, 
Like, I really don't feel that way anymore. Like, I really feel okay right now. I really don't feel that heaviness. I don't feel like I'm Andre the Giant. I, I don't feel that anymore. Um, but it, it took some intentionality. Let me put it that way. It took some intentionality on my part to get there. I think I had to stop the spiral. And here's the actions that I took. So number one, I told my husband, I confessed it. I'm not, I don't mean that in like I confessed it as sin sort of way. I just mean that I said it out loud. And it was kind of awkward. We take a walk every morning while we're there and we're just on our morning walk. I don't know. It was probably like seven days in and I'm just like, I'm just really struggling right now. And he's like, why? We're on vacation. It's like, I'm just really struggling with my body image right now. I'm just really struggling with my body size. I'm just really struggling with how I look and I'm obsessing again and I don't know what to do about it. And you know what? He didn't give me any advice. (laughs) He didn't make any suggestions. He was just like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I was crying and something about those tears helped soothe me. Just saying it out loud, crying about it. I mean, I didn't cry for long. Um, Maybe we need to cry for longer. But I cried for, I don't know, a minute or two. And I felt so much relief in doing that. Like, I've heard that like tears are like uh, sweating off your stress, your eyes sweating off your stress or something like that. It was that's what happened. And so I would say, if you've got it all bottled up inside and you're really struggling, you're feeling it and the pressure, like who can you tell? And if you don't have anyone you can tell, hey, send me an email. (laughs) I will be a compassionate ear for you. Schedule a time with me. Let's talk. But tell someone and you will be amazed as you like really give it air, give it light, right? We're shining light on things is what sets us free. As you shine the light on it, you will be amazed at how that pressure will start to diminish. The second thing I had to do was I had to preach the gospel to myself. Now, let me be clear here. I had to preach the real gospel to myself because there's another gospel that is really popular here in America. I don't know globally if it's the same, but there's this gospel of self-help. There's this gospel of American determination. There's this gospel of you feel bad, you do something. If you feel bad, you just like grab your bootstraps and you just find a way to fix it. You feel bad about your body? Well, then fix it. Come on, you lazy bones. If you feel bad about your body, you can do something about it. It. You can start exercising more. You can start eating this certain way. You can do these things to lose weight. And it is a false gospel. It's a false gospel that diet culture puts out there. Right? Diet culture says you will be saved when you transform your body. You will be saved from this pain you feel around your body, around your body image, if only you can transform your body. But as I know from personal experience, a lot of you know, a lot of you that I've coached know, it doesn't work that way. You're not free when your body size changes. Not at all. So that's not the true gospel. Don't preach that gospel to yourself. Preach the real gospel to yourself. The real gospel that shows that life isn't always going to be how I want it to be. In fact, life may include some suffering That's the bad news, but the good news is God is so good. 
God is so faithful. God has already told me there is nothing I can do to separate myself from him. And he loves me and he sees me as valuable and he has a good purpose for my life. He wants good for me, not harm. He's not given up on me. He's not abandoned me. And he is okay to love me just as I am in all of my mess. That is the gospel we have to preach to ourselves. So confess it and then start preaching the gospel to yourself. You know, you, there's there's thoughts that like bombard us, right? All the time, right? And it feels like we don't have control over those thoughts. And to some degree, that's true, but but not fully, right? Because you get to decide what you do when a thought comes into your head. And yes, there are seasons where it's just really hard to combat the thoughts and we just feel weak or we feel like just down and it's just the thoughts feel like they're winning. But I want to encourage you, you can take thoughts captive. That's why the Bible instructs us to do that. You can say, I have the thought. Mm, nope, that's not true. I'm kicking that thought out. I have the thought. Nope, that's not helpful. I think about Philippians 4, 8, like whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, pure of good report. These are the things we're supposed to think about. And so if the thought doesn't line up with those things, we don't have to entertain it. We don't have to keep it. And so as the thoughts would come to me, I would say, nope, you got to go, nope, that's not true. That's not what Jesus says about me. Stop and tell that thought it has to go. Okay, the third step, it, it really kind of relates back to my tears, but it's grieving. And while I was on vacation, I was reading Andy Kobler's book, Try Softer. She has a new book out called Strong as Water. I haven't read that yet. But the book, Try Softer, was so good and so relevant to what I was struggling with this week, just in terms of coping with the hard, right? And recognizing that it's okay to have a lot of feelings (laughs) about all the things, right? It's okay to just be sad, about how I feel about my body right now. There's, I was reading, I don't know if it was in Andy's book or somewhere else, but I was reading that we have, actually, I think it is in Andy's book. We have um, expressed emotion and then like a real emotion and like the expressed emotion is anger when the like the real emotion underneath anger is often sadness. But sadness it requires more vulnerability to express, right? Like it's harder to tell someone I'm sad that you hurt me. It's easier to be like, I'm angry at you because you hurt me. So sadness expressing that requires more vulnerability. And, and that was one thing I just really was wrestling through just being sad, just grieving, like feeling like, is this really where I'm at? right now with my body? Like, am I still struggling with some of these same things from childhood? Am I still triggered like I used to be? And and recognizing that it's okay. Like, I don't have to stuff that feeling. It's okay to just be sad. Like, yeah, aging stinks. (laughs) Body sizes and hormones change. And it's hard to not be 25 anymore. And yet, 
and this is going to be my next point, but yet I have to be realistic about the fact that I'll never be 25 again. And even at 25, we were struggling. But recognizing there's an ebb and a flow to these feelings. They're going to come and they're going to go. But when they come, it's okay to just sit in them. I did a whole episode on grieving our bodies a couple months ago. I'll try to link that in the show notes. Go check that episode out if grieving your body is something that sounds really unfamiliar to you. But this whole concept of grieving is really different, again, than what the American gospel teaches us, right? The American gospel is like, no, if you want better, stop suffering, make it better. But friends, we we don't have as much control as we believe we have, right? And oh, it's so hard. The messages around us are that we have complete control, but it's just not true. And I think the hardest thing, I said this to my husband yesterday, is recognizing that some of my problems cannot be fixed. They will never be fixed. There's nothing I can do. I can't get surgery to fix some of these issues that I've dealt with for decades. They simply have to be grieved. And that grief is really, I would say, the gap between my ideals, my imaginations, my idols, my dreams, and my reality. That gap has to be grieved. And in that grief, I sit with Jesus in my pain and I say, touch me, heal me, help me, help me see things the way you see them. Change my heart, change my eyes, change my vision, but show me most of all that I'm going to be okay. And also show me that your plan for me is good. Even if it doesn't feel like it matches my plan for me, your plan is good and you're a good father and I can trust you in that. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be disappointed. You are completely trustworthy. Jesus, take the wheel, as Carrie Underwood would say. Ah, what does it look like to sit in that hard space with him? And then finally, being realistic. So what happens to me when I start to spiral, maybe this happens to you too, is my head starts spinning with all the ways I could solve the problem, right? And I just, I go right back to my eating disorder, thinking my eating disorder behaviors. I start to think, ooh, what eating disorder behavior could I draw upon in order to get the body I've always dreamed of by Christmas, right? If I do this drastic thing and this drastic thing, you know, I start to Google things, then I can chase the unicorn again, right? Like maybe I'll catch the unicorn this time. Maybe there is a magic solution out there. I've been trying magic solutions for decades, but maybe there's a new one out there like Ozempic. I did an episode on that last time. I hope you listened to that already. But maybe there is a unicorn out there that I could catch. And then, you know, it would be just miracle and my body would just magically melt in the body I've always wanted. And then I will be free and then I will be safe. Oh, and friends, it's just the idol talking again. It's just the body image idol saying the way to cure your pain is get a better body. The way to feel freedom and peace and joy and all these things you long for is to get a better body. And we know that's not true. Just look at the magazine covers, right? Those women that have the bodies that we think we need to feel all those things, they're not feeling all those things. <laughs> Our body image struggles are spiritual issues. But I'll tell you, like I'm looking online and I'm seeing friends 
using Ozempic. I'm seeing another friend use Optavia and she's shrinking and it is hard to not be tempted. But this isn't my first rodeo. I know how to diet. I was an excellent dieter. And I also know the truth is that diets don't work. In fact, I would say the only type of dieting that worked for me was when I developed an eating disorder. And that worked, and I'm putting that word in quotation marks, that worked to keep my body small, but nothing about me in any other way was healthy. Actually, even my body wasn't healthy because I developed thyroid problems and autoimmune disease and adrenal problems, all kinds of things after that because of the stress I put on my body by not eating enough food. And so you can do the Ozempic, you can do the Optavia, you can starve your body and you will lose weight, but it doesn't last. In fact, the science shows us you have a 95% chance of gaining it all back plus some. 95%, that's science. That's not a random statistic I throw out because I do it. I know I do throw those out, but that's what the data shows. And that data is old. It's like decades old. They've done, they've done it again, but, but like we've had this data in our culture since the nineties. And yet we still keep going on diets. And yet, like, I don't think anyone's getting any smaller from all this weight cycling, all this yo-yoing, all this up and down right? That's not how we're trending as a culture. So culturally, we know that dieting doesn't work. And yet, when my body image starts to spiral, that's where my thought goes, oh, maybe there's a plan out there that can fix it for me. And so what I have to do is I have to talk myself down off the ledge. I have to tell my eating disorder thoughts and habits to shove it because they never really helped me and they never really made me better. I mean, I remember still standing in that same bedroom thinking I was too fat in a swimsuit when I was super thin, wearing that smaller size. Like, how could I think that getting back into that size would actually fix these problems? It wouldn't. So then finally, on the same front of being realistic, I have to do an honest assessment of how my life has been. Have I been doing what's best and what's healthiest for my body? And as I asked myself that question last week, my answer was both yes and no. And so instead of jumping to the extremes, like how can I restrict all the food and exercise like a crazy person and change my body instead of doing that, which I know actually wouldn't even work, (laughs) I have to stop and say, okay, maybe there are some tweaks I can make. Maybe I could do a little better. And by better, here's what I mean. I mean, like maybe I do need to do better in stress management, right? Like maybe... Maybe that is a positive move I could make for my health. It doesn't have anything to do with restricting food, but maybe I need to take more rest, more rest days, have more rest time, be more intentional this summer about de-stressing. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to add that to my life. Instead of taking things away, thinking that will fix my body image issues, I'm going to add that. I'm going to make a new goal to try to stress less. And then there's food. And I honestly think I do need to do better with food. But by that, I don't mean I need to eat less. I think I need to focus more on meal planning, not from a calorie macro restrictive kind of way. But I still think as I'm like messily, clunkily, like entering intuitive eating, I don't think I figured out how to nourish myself well yet. 
I still walk into the kitchen and I have no idea what to eat and I grab something that doesn't satisfy me because I'm not prepared. I don't have enough good things that I like stocked in my house. I'm not in the habit of like buying things at the store for myself. It's just I go and I buy the same things for the kids and and what we need for dinner. And I just forget about myself, especially at breakfast and lunch. Like I can play at dinners, but thinking about planning breakfast and lunch for myself and having foods that I enjoy to intentionally eat at those times, I still haven't mastered that. So I do want to do better with food. And what I want to do better is I want to plan to get more nutrients each day. I want, I'm going to go shopping this afternoon. I'm going to Costco and I've got a list. and I'm going to try to buy more things that I think I would enjoy eating at breakfast and lunch. And I believe that feeding my body well, like responding to my body's need for nutrients and also satisfying foods that I enjoy. So I'm not talking about going on a diet here and eating salads with lemon juice as the dressing. Finding foods that I enjoy, I think will satisfy me. And I think that will ultimately help me continue to feel better about my body and my body image as well. So those are my four tips for you today. If you're spiraling, if you've got a flare up, talk it out, share it with someone, tell someone or tell me, Heather, at compared to who.me. Second is preach the gospel to yourself. And I mean the real gospel, the gospel that God loves you so much that he died, sent his son to die on the cross for you. And he would have done it even if you were the only person on earth. That's how important and valuable you are. Third is grieving. Don't be afraid to grieve. It's okay to feel all the things, all the feels. It's okay to ugly cry about this. Just do it. You'll be amazed at how much better it feels once you've just realized it and sat in the sadness for a little bit. And then fourth is be realistic. Don't try to go back to the extreme things that never helped you before. Don't go spend a whole bunch of money on something new. You know, it's kind of like how they say, don't get your hair cut when you're depressed or don't get your hair cut when something weird happens in your life. Like, just wait a minute. Like, same kind of thing here. Just just take a pause. Don't go buy any new diet plan. Don't go buy Ozempic. Just take a pause and be realistic. Are there things you can add to your life? Do an assessment of where you're at. Do you need more sleep? Do you need less Netflix? Do you need more time in God's word? More time in prayer? More time in community? Do you need more friends? Oh, goodness, community helps our body image so much. What do you really need? Chances are it's not a weight loss program. Chances are it's one of these other things. That's my encouragement for you today. As we close, I want to end us with some scripture. If you have your Bible, you can look at Psalm 4. But this psalm is one that I read when I was struggling last week. And it just happened to be on my Bible plan. I do the uh, Bible app and I'm doing the um, Bible projects when you're planned now. And so I just happen to be on Psalm 4. And here's how it reads. The title on this chapter is Answer Me When I Call. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. 
Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say who will show us some good. Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I think I struggle with my body image sometimes because I feel like controlling my body will help me be safe. But only God can do that. I hope this has encouraged you today. Thanks for listening. The Compared to Show is a proud part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. If you're looking for more great Christian content, I hope you'll go to lifeaudio.com and check out all the great podcasts there. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.